but yeah, I mean, just kind of tell people who you are. Cause like, and a lot of times I will do this for the guests that I have. I want to be totally vulnerable and say, I don't know the right words to use. I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. want to offend anyone. And I don't, I really don't know what the proper way uh-huh. to talk about this is. And so in a lot of reasons, like I'm, I'm excited to learn um, mm-hmm. and to, to figure out how to be in this space in a respectful way. Yeah. So so I'm just going to let you kind of tell us who you are and, and, and what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So um, I'm Colby. Um, I'm a barber. Uh, I do I do your beard and, and all that. <laughs> you are my barber. Yeah. Yes. Got you cleaned up. Um, yeah. I'll be in I'm, soon, uh, by the way. Huh? <laughs> I said I'll need to come in soon, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm a I'm a. I'm a trans man. Um, I've been out for seven years going through the whole transition process and all that. And then I'm also like religious. So I also hold that um, as a part of my identity, I guess. Um, But yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's it. (laughs) So Christian trans male. Yeah who lives in a very red state (laughs) yes yeah well i guess it's a red county more than it is like a red state but definitely the city is is very republican for sure yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. well that's a weird dynamic right because like colorado so we both live in colorado obviously he couldn't be my barber if he didn't um (laughs) but living in colorado like outside of like boulder and denver it's red i mean there's yeah the populations of those that metropolitan area creates, mm-hmm. you know, where we vote, but it's kind of weird, right? Like, but yeah. the state itself, I mean, from county to county for the most part. And I would think, I mean, when I moved here, I felt like Colorado Springs and El Paso County was fairly centrist, fairly middle, you know, it's like really crunchy and like live and let live. And then there's a lot of other right wing thoughts. But yeah. being a military town, it's too transient for anybody to really get like set in, in a thing. Yeah. But then when we after we moved here, I found that it, that's not really so much the case. It's pretty <laughs> it's pretty pretty right leaning. Um it, it is pretty right leaning. There are definitely more diverse groups in the springs, though, just because the springs mm-hmm. is so big than like other places. So like Pueblo and, and Fountain. I come from Fountain and Fountain is like the most Republican that you can imagine. That's Fountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got that small okay. town vibe and that very like closed off from the population kind of feel. So yeah, um, yeah Fountain is definitely red. I grew up there up until I was like 19 and then I moved to okay. Colorado Springs. Um, it's okay. been a lot nicer living in Colorado Springs though. There's yeah. a little bit of a bigger community here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about how one goes, like, I'm just fascinated by, and I really want to understand, and and I think it's completely safe to say that every person, you know, straight, gay, trans, every person's experience is uniquely their own. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't pretend to say that, like, what you've experienced is 
the norm or is how everyone goes through this process. But I'd love yeah. to talk a little bit about what it looks like or what your experience has been in first identifying that like, I'm, I'm not this, I think yeah. I'm something else and I feel like I'm something else. And then, because if I understand correctly, you were fairly young, early teens. Yeah. When you, when you came to that conclusion and you were extremely confident in choosing that where some people maybe struggle or they have a longer period of yeah identifying. So can you share with me a little bit about what that experience was like for you or what that process was or like, how did you come to that conclusion? Was it just. It was, it was kind of like, I guess the best way I can describe it is when you're doing a, doing like a puzzle and you're, you're looking for that one piece. And then when it finally fits like that feeling, when it finally fits, it's kind of like that. That's kind of how it felt. It wasn't really like a, like a decision it was like finding a, a part of myself that I was like okay well this fits right like it just it just feels right because like I, I I didn't even know what being trans was until I was in high school because I was homeschooled up until high school and I was very like closed okay. off my parents were really religious so I wasn't aware of like a lot of the stuff in the world like I was being I was told that being gay was being perverted that's that's what I was raised to believe um but uh it it was definitely like when I got to high school and I started seeing people that were also trans and I was like I wonder what that's like and then I would like look back on things like when I was younger and be like that that makes sense like the things that the things that I was thinking back then it adds up now now that I've come out that you know there was an indication that there was something there at, at an early stage um I just didn't have words for it so sure yeah sure. so yeah it's it's so the decision isn't really a decision it's really not like I you where you come to a place where you decide this or that it's more of an awakening right like what yeah, I'm hearing it's more of like going oh wait a minute because I think we're it's, it's really funny in our, our culture we're so wrapped up in labels and mm -hmm. you know boy girl democrat republican you know everything seems yeah. to be so binary and 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 then when things aren't, we kind of get to this place where it's like, well, how did you decide you were this? Or how did you decide you were that? And I'm like, well, a lot of times people, so I love the way you phrase that because that helps. I think that helps or can help some people when they're talking about, because I never decided to be straight. Like it just, exactly. fit. that's just what made sense. That's just how I lived my life. Exactly. And, and having that understanding for people is is I think important to be able to say, you know, allow, I guess just allowing people to kind of have their own journey and figure things out without challenging that lifestyle or any lifestyle. Yeah. As a, like, well, this is my decision, right? Like it's a lot different than deciding to go to CCSU or, or, or UNLV, right? Like, yeah. Well, I even, I would even hesitate to call it a lifestyle because I'm not, it's, lifestyles are usually decisions i mean this is it's it's a not quite a lifestyle because i'm not exactly like it's not my entire identity 
It's just right. part of who I am. It's not like right. I make it my entire identity. Am I am I proud to be trans? Like, you know, like pride, like they have pride every June and stuff like that. Absolutely. I'm absolutely like out and I'm proud, but it's not, it's not all of me. Like there's way yeah. more to who I am than just being trans. Like I don't go up to a random stranger and say, hi, I'm trans. Like, you know, like that's not the yeah. first thing that comes into the conversation. So um I guess you could say it's a way of living, but it's yeah. definitely not a decision that I made. It was a just something that yeah. felt right. Yeah. Yeah. So was that, I have to imagine that, that being raised in, and I'm, I'm making some assumptions here, just being homeschooled, having a, a, a deeply religious family sounds to most people who might be listening to this, like a fundamentalist lean, you know, and, and, and because we're, we're, I'm a Christian male, I homeschool my kids. And so a lot of times people kind of who think of that fundamentalist ideal go, well, your kids aren't like homeschooled kids. And I'm like, well, what are homeschool kids like? <laughs> like They're awkward. They're really like, awkward. <laughs> some, can, some can be awkward. Some can be totally normal. Right. But like, or just different right like it's like it's again it like falls into those labels it's like well how do you socialize your kids and i'm always like well he, i they they play sports they're in scouts they go to church like they're yeah. and and there's no socialization in school like you're told to show up sit down do your work and leave like where's the socialization in that but um that's a different conversation altogether um i'm curious though so like would it be fair to say that like your upbringing was a little bit more in that like legalistic religious homeschool sheltered upbringing yeah, absolutely going to high school and and having this sort of awakening into all these other lifestyles and all these other um exposures you know and and which i have to imagine is like music and art and television and just all these things yeah um, what was that like for you was that um it was hard at first because i mean my decision to go to public school was because my oldest brother had gone to public school as well like he had homeschooled up until high school and i wanted to do the same thing but like also me and my mom weren't we weren't really like getting along so my mom was like okay well we'll just we'll just send you to public school and then i was sent to public school and it was just a little different for me because i was I mean, I was raised in this environment where like anything that's not aligned with the Christian values that I was raised with is wrong and it's satanic. So like I couldn't even watch Harry Potter because witchcraft, like things like that. Um, and then you get into an environment where everyone's read Harry Potter and they're looking at you like you're weird. And it's yeah. like, well, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the way that I was raised, but I guess there might be some flaws. So it, I had to, it, it caused me at the early, early age of 13 to take a deep dive into the things that I had, that I had been taught to believe. And I mean, I was, I was homophobic when I was 13. <laughs> it's kind of ironic now, but <laughs> I was definitely homophobic back then. And like, I just didn't quite understand it, but um, yeah, just being exposed to like all the different, all the different types of people. And um, I wasn't raised in like an all white community necessarily but it was majority white for sure so yeah. there was definitely some stuff in the all lives matter black lives matter thing to unpack as well that sure. um was 
was hard. That was hard. That took years to unpack a lot of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was just, it, it was, it was a lot, but uh, I like to think I came out better because. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to know what that did for your family life, for your home life. Um, Cause you're going through all that as, as those experiences still being under the care of your parents and mm. their direction. And as yeah. you're unpacking those things, it's got to run counter to what they believe and what they think and what they feel. Were they open to that or was it? No, no. My, my dad, um, well, I came out to my mom first and I kind of like hinted at being bisexual, um, which is like attraction to both genders, male and female. Um, and then I kind of came to the conclusion that I was like, Oh wait, I might be like gay. So I, I mentioned to my mom at some point, um, like hinted at it. And then I handed it to my dad and um, I kind of exposed myself a little bit. And uh, he was like the type of person to go grab a Bible and like slam it down in front of me and be like, this is a definition of sodomite. You're a sodomite, you're a faggot, you're going to hell, like wow. things. Yeah, so I was 13 or 14, like just about to turn 14, I think when that happened. Um, yeah. And then a year later, I was, I was living out, I was identifying as gay for about a year. And then I was like questioning that a little bit. Cause it, again, it, it felt like it didn't feel like the right puzzle piece. So it didn't feel quite right. Like it was like leaning in the right direction, but it wasn't quite there. So I was, I heard about like trans and I was like, Oh, I wonder what it is. So I, I did some research. I did some online research and, and stuff like that. And, and, really thought about it for a couple months and was like this is starting to feel right like I had I thankfully I had a couple friends that um were very supportive and they were like well we should just try out like different pronouns and stuff like that and see if that works and and I did and it, it worked but when I came out to my dad there was well my both of my parents actually at the same time I was going through therapy at the time so I came out when I was in therapy, like during a therapy session. And when I went home, my parents, they just like erupted. Like it was an all out like fight. Um, my dad had a serious talk with my mom about kicking me out. I was 15. Um, yeah. And they ended up not kicking me out because they love me was their reasoning. Um, yeah, but it's, it's just, like little stuff like that and my family my family is not the type of family to like talk about anything so my parents just kind of took the route of we're gonna ignore this and pretend it doesn't exist and hopefully it'll go away <laughs> it's been like seven years and it still hasn't gone away but they still ignore it um I still talk to my parents um I still go over to their house like once a week and and go visit them and whatever but it's just it's hard it's definitely yeah. hard sometimes they yeah. they are complete opposite views so yeah yeah so are your mom and dad's aligned together or are has it created some challenges where because in a lot of dynamics you know I mean in my own family my wife and I don't always agree on things and and it seems like 
for me anyway, looking at from the outside, looking in, it seems like if there was some disagreement between them, it could create division and things like that. Yeah. Is that, or, or are they in alignment with? Um, my, my dad is um, kind of like the head of the family kind of thing. So my mom j- usually just kind of goes along with what he says. Um, yeah. But I feel like there's a part of my mom that wants to like keep me close because she values our relationship. Me and her have gotten very close over the years. Um, I, I really love my mom. She's a great person, but um, definitely some, some unpacking that she needs to do of some of the views that she holds that are, yeah, they're, they're a little still in the um, like extremist Christian kind of views. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah. So it's and it mixes with the Republican uh, political stance as well. And then just like all of that put together is just kind of like, yeah, 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 I could see where that would be really tricky. Um, And, you know, just want to take a second to really honor you for being really vulnerable and and open with all this stuff, because I'm sure some of this isn't isn't um, warm, fuzzy memories. Right. And things to. Yeah. Um, how, how did you manage emotionally during that time? Cause I mean, I've got a 14 year old and thinking about what that would be like if we were at odds like that is, I mean, it breaks my heart to some extent and I have to imagine it would just wreck them. So there yeah. had to have been some tools and having a sport network is great, but it's, it's kind of not the same. Right. So I'm just curious, kind of, kind of wondering how you managed through that emotionally and like what, where that brought you, or do you feel like you have done that? Do you feel like there's still things to heal? I mean, that sounds like a lot of trauma. Yeah. Um, it was, that's the best way to put it. Um, well, I, when I was in high school and I was still trying to figure out myself, like, and I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of my figuring out who I was, was kind of delayed because of the homeschooling is because I couldn't get away from, from, from their worldview to really develop my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I did, it was like all at once. Um, and it was kind of a lot so I ended up falling into like self-harm and um like thinking about suicide and things like that um which was the reason I was in therapy when I came out to them as trans that was the reason I was in therapy was because um I had attempted suicide and uh, I actually asked my mom if I could go and she was like yeah sure because they had health insurance at the time so they could um yeah so it was it's just crazy to me um, that people will say that this is like a choice and that I'm going to regret this years from now. And it's like my lowest point was when I was denying a huge part of myself. And I was like, that was my lowest was when I was like not accepting myself and not like coming to terms with, with who I was. Um, and my parents were not helping. And it was just, it was just so much, especially at 14 years old. It was, 
I was young. I was a kid. Yeah. And I, I also, cause we were going to this other church, um, on Wednesdays for like some youth group thing, um, called Awanas. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we were going to Awanas for a while. Um, and Awana has this, they have this camp that they send kids to every summer, like a summer camp. Um, and when I came out as gay, they sent someone down to my house all the way from Denver, where their headquarters was. They sent someone down to my house to interview me and my parents to make sure that I wasn't going to assault any of the girls in my cabin at 14 years old. They thought I was going to like sexually assault some of the girls in the cabin because I was gay. Um, And then a year later, when I came out as trans, they just straight up banned me. They were like, no, you can't come at all. I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. I thought you wanted to lead kids to Christ. Like, <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's and it's a touchy subject, and I get it. Like letting a trans person into a, a summer camp where there's like gendered cabins, and I understand that. And I tried to talk to the guy to try to explain, like, it's whatever. Like, you don't have to acknowledge anything about that. But uh, he yeah. still wouldn't listen to me. So he, uh, yeah, he just was like no, we're just going to not let you come like ever permanently banned. I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was just so, kind of crazy at that age to go through. Yeah. That. There's so many, there's so many questions um, that come up about that. Right. And, and um, I guess the, the one that I want to kind of lean into is, is, because the religious aspect of it is super that's not even tricky it's just it is what it is there's so many different points of view and so many different beliefs and so many different religions so many different ideas around how and what all of those things look like and at the end of the day you know i just go back to the the you know the the great commandment which is to love everyone the way jesus loved us Right. Exactly. And everybody likes to say that. But the way that he loved us was he died on the cross. Yeah. So yeah. the way I read that is that my com- my command, my directive is to love you in such a way that I would be willing to give my life for you. Mm-hmm. Which is the opposite of don't ever come around me again. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And I, I have such a hard time because we we get so wrapped up and I'm gonna go on a religious sidebar here for a second but like so we get so wrapped up in like the rules and the things and the doing the things that we forget about why we're doing them right and yeah. what that means and uh i was listening to um I'm, I'm reading and listening to andy stanley's new book in it to win it and he talks about paul being all things to all people in an effort to get close to them to lead them to christ yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's, and listening to that, it's really part of the reason why I wanted to do this interview and why I wanted to talk with you and be like, cause I want to understand, I don't want to be that person. That's like, I'm confused. I don't get it. So I'm not going to participate in it. I'm just going to ignore yeah. it. It's, yeah. I want to do the opposite. I want to be, and I want, I hope that people listening to this can listen to this and go yeah that's what i want i want because you're a human being you're a person exactly 
And, and I mean, my, my experience as a trans person is not necessarily the same. Um, I know a lot of people in my community that have just, they've, they've completely walked away from the church. Like I honestly consider it a miracle that I had a religious experience, like my own personal experience with God that I was able to keep my faith because if I was just going off what my parents had told me and what the church had told me for years, I would not be considered myself religious ever. I would yeah. never consider myself religious. Like the things that I was taught are completely against anything that says, love your neighbor. Like, yeah. And, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's definitely hard seeing that, yeah. especially in the, in the queer community. Um, Cause you can see it, you can see the pain of, of people that, they're like, I, I believe in God, but I just can't go to church. Like yeah. they feel so much judgment walking into a church that they just won't go. Like, yeah. or they just completely walk away from their belief. Cause they're like, what kind of God would, would tell its people to, to treat me that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and he doesn't, and he doesn't anyone who who's, who, I mean, you know, we could get into the theological debates around what, what sin is and what isn't a sin and all the different things and what level yeah. which, which i've had so many debates about that <laughs> and, and, and for me i don't get into those debates because that's that's not my that's not my job that's good because i'm tired of having those debates like, honestly. My, 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 my directive <laughs> is to love you yeah. not to debate with you about what's a better or worse sin that's exactly. it like I, yeah. there was no like hey go out into the world and and prioritize the levels of sin not my job <laughs> and, and yeah <laughs> so like that's not what i'm supposed to be doing and so i try not to enter into those debates and when when people will challenge me in, the, in that space i always just say i don't know i don't know it's beyond yeah. my understanding and i'm okay with that and yeah. for years and years and years i was not i was one of those people who would try to dissect and try to understand and try to apply all of my worldly knowledge to you know god's plan and it's like well wait a minute if it's easy enough for me to understand what kind of god is that like <laughs> exactly <laughs> like no it's it's beyond my understanding and i'm okay with that um, i mean you can go through the bible and you can look at all the definitions of sin but in the end we won't truly know until we get to the gates whether yeah. we get in or not like you know like yeah there's just so much guessing that no one can really know for sure and I feel like it's it's just up for so much interpretation. I, I think that the best we can do is just love one another. That's that's the main thing. That was the main commandment was to love God and love one another. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, your parents were good enough to put you in therapy. And, yeah. and did you maintain that even if they weren't in it? Did did like what happens post I, I'm trans? I want to, I want to go through this process or is that just something you kind of table until you're, you know, like when I'm 18, I'm going to be able to do what I want to do. And right now I'm just going to try to make the best of this situation. Yeah. So, um, I would, I didn't really bring it up because the one time that I did bring it up after that therapy session, we were, shopping in goodwill and i think it was like a wednesday or something and i just like brought up i was like yeah like when i'm older i want to transition like start hormones and my dad looks at me and goes well when you're 18 you can do whatever you want but don't come back 
And uh, if you ask him today, he'll say, I don't remember saying that, but uh, it was definitely something that like stuck with me because it kind of defined my relationship with him. Um, And it was that to me was one of the nastiest and most cruel things he's ever said to me. And uh, he doesn't remember it. But uh, after that conversation, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Well, after that, I'll tell you. Huh? As a, as a dad, I, I I I would venture to bet that that he probably regrets it. You yeah, know, we say a lot of things in anger, and and we say a lot of things. And I had to learn this the hard way. My kids take the things I say way more intently than I intend them. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes, because I'm, a, I'm an idiot. We're all idiots. We're all stupid. We're all, we all react to things, right? Yeah. And yeah, horrible thing to say. And and I'm I'm sure that he remembers and he regrets, you know. And maybe someday you'll get the closure on that, um, that you, that you you probably need and deserve. Yeah. You know, or at least an apology of, you know, because clearly you still have. A, some type of relationship with him right yeah well tree remembers but the axe forgets so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure but yeah so so after that conversation i ended up like never i never really brought it up um yeah. again um i just kind of like waited until i was 18 and um i would get like like binders um from people in the mail like i would like ask someone to like mail me a binder which is a uh it's like a strap essentially okay. to, like bind your bind your chest um and i would ask um people to like give me a hand me down kind of thing um so they would like send me that in the mail and that's how i would use it and then i would like wash it myself because my mom did my laundry so i didn't want her to find it um but before that, I would use like like bandages, and like that's actually not good for you at all. You should never bind your chest with bandages because that can actually like break your ribs. But I used to do that. I mean, like there were just so many things that I was doing to myself that just weren't they weren't good. But it was because of my parents' unacceptance that I was like, I don't feel like I can be open about this. Like I I can't yeah. talk to them about about these things. Like even like the, the dysphoria. I mean, like I couldn't I couldn't talk to them about it because it was like well, this is like a we don't talk about this it's yeah. it's not something that gets brought up because it it's whether it's an embarrassment to my parents or whatever or they're like ashamed of me or something it just it was never brought up so yeah. um, when I moved out of my house I, I didn't end up transitioning like starting my transition until I was moved out of my house which was when I was like 19 um I had a good job of working for myself um, in a barber shop. So, um, yeah, I, I started hormones and I brought it up to my mom and and I, I talked to her privately first because because um, again we have a pretty good relationship. So I knew that she was going to be a little bit more um, okay with the idea, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I brought it up to her and she was she was okay. She was asking a couple questions like like, what does that mean? And, and what's going to happen? And I was like, it's not going to change me. It's just going to change my outward appearance, like things like that. Like, and, and that conversation went how I wanted all the conversations to go. Like I wanted, I wanted them to ask me questions about it first. 
um, instead of just making assumptions because like yeah. they they were just as confused about the whole trans thing as I was. I mean, I went into it not even knowing what it was. I mean, they they were essentially the same way and they just made like a split decision, I guess, because like trans and gay, it's the same community. They just yeah. kind of made the assumption that like, oh, this must be wrong. We're not even going to look into it. We're just going to assume that it's wrong. And they kind of have held that view for a very long time. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of disheartening sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I can, I can only imagine. I mean, legitimately can only imagine what that would feel like. Um, but I do, I do want to dive into one area of this before um, we kind of move away from it. Because at this young of an age, there's a lot of conversation around what's even people who are open to to trans and and the understanding that it's possible for a male mindset desire whatever i don't know what the right words are but it's possible for a male to be in a female body right and it's possible to feel like that's a thing to happen um but there's a lot of conversation with people who are in that space and who agree with it and understand it and not that it's something to agree or disagree with um but people who who are supportive and, and understand it that yeah, yeah. you know there's some real maturity and brain development and things like that that just aren't necessarily there at 14 and yeah. and you know how do we navigate honoring what in some instances may just be confusion because like you said you know like some of your friends have suggested that you try it on and it's like well that's that's kind of a weird for lack of a better word um way to kind of present try on who you are right yeah and i think that that sort of phrasing is part of the reason why people who are opposed to it think that maybe it's like an influenced thing right because yeah. there's this like, well, try this on. Well, maybe you're gay or maybe you're trans or maybe you're, and for me, it's why I dislike labels. Cause it's like, like you said, like, it's not my lifestyle or all of who I am. It's a piece of, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white Christian male with a bunch of kids who <laughs> homeschools. Yeah. So if that's all you knew about me, I'm a fundamentalist right wing <laughs> government right yeah like like i could i could take those things that i actually am and create a full story that's about as far from who i am as real yeah because we just we attach to these labels in such a dysfunctional way yeah and i think that's what scares people so i'm curious like what are your thoughts on because you're in this community and, and you have these conversations i'm sure about the the maturity and the understanding and the ability for emotional young human beings who are having their own hormonal shifts of whatever nature those are mm-hmm. making like these life altering lifelong decisions that may or may not be able to be undone and also can create all sorts of other emotional things. Like how, where do you kind of land on that? So just to kind of go back to what you said about like, you know, whether people can like agree or disagree with it. Um, there are actually scientific studies that, that 
MRIs in the brain that they've done that show that trans people are who they say they are. And there's an actual chemical matter in the brain. So like if you take an MRI of my brain, it will actually align more with what a cisgendered male brain is than a cisgendered female brain. Like the chemicals in the brain are just different. Um, and that's been proven. There are also studies that have been done on kids um, as young as two, three, four, that gender, which gender and sex are different, gender, gender expression, and the way that we express ourselves in a gendered way. So like that, that is a present thing as early as the age of like two, three, or four, because it is such a social thing, because even from a young age, we're taught that boys play with this and girls play with this. And even if we're not directly saying that, I'm just using that as an example. Sure, but, sure. Know, like we have, we have labeled clothes and we have labeled toothpaste and perfumes and colognes and like all these different things that are gendered. And I mean, it's, it's been shown in kids as young as that, that, that they understand how to present in a gender identity. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that like, they can come out and say, I'm trans, not necessarily, but sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, questioning it is not, it's not a bad thing trying something on. Because when I was a kid, I tried on being heterosexual. I tried on being straight. I tried on being female and it didn't fit. So that's, but that's, that one is just, kind of labeled as the norm so people don't really see it as trying it on but I right. did try it on I really 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 tried <laughs> yeah. um and I mean me trying on something else like trying on male pronouns like that is what felt right and I mean some people will question it and they're gonna say like you know you get a young girl and someone says well try on they them pronouns and they try it and they're like uh actually that doesn't feel right okay yeah that's it. That, that's the end of the conversation. Um, when you're talking about things like, like hormone blockers, that has been used on cisgendered kids for decades. And it has, it's usually for, for kids that have puberty way too early, mm -hmm. eight, nine, 10, and they put them on puberty blockers to delay the puberty. That's essentially all that it is. Once yeah. you take them off of puberty blockers, it will pro it will proceed as normal. So it, it's not it's not a permanent thing. It's not an irreversible thing. There are actual scientific studies done on it before it was used. Um, people just get really up in arms about trans kids using it. So there's a lot of bias against that. Um, there's also a lot of there's a lot of um, what's the right word to use? Like misinformation mm -hmm. about things like surgeries and hormones. No children are getting surgeries. Surgeries are not performed on kids. Hormones are not given to kids until they're fully matured. So that's, I think the earliest I've ever seen or heard of anyone getting hormones was 16. And that's, if you look at a 16 year old, they can understand what gender is. They can understand what sexuality yeah. is. They're 16. Yeah. So, and it's, it's 
really it's it's not as complicated as people make it out to be there's just a lot of misinformation about it out there yeah it gets into some really weird spaces too and and thank you for for sharing that i mean i i because that's why like i'm i'm really struggling to find words because i i believe words have meaning right and so like, yeah, when i yeah. say agree or disagree i'm like well it's really not for people to agree or disagree with like it just yeah. is and so it's like you know people can agree or disagree that there's a god well you you can disagree if you'd like but you know yeah i understand uh, that korean is a language i don't speak korean i don't understand what they're saying but i know that it's a language right right <laughs> so it's like it's like i can you know looking at that um and the other thing is you know we also get into this really weird space around what's culturally acceptable versus what's biologically real because yeah, yeah. Like when you talk about puberty blockers or hormone blockers for puberty, I'm like, why, why would we block someone from experiencing what their body is determining for them to experience? Like I've got six daughters and I've had three of them start their periods all at different times in their life. Mm-hmm. And at no point did I or my wife ever think, well, that's late or that's early or that's, it's yeah. been, that's her time. That's when that's supposed to happen. And yeah. so we, there's a, there's a author, uh, public speaker's name's Wayne Dyer. Um, he's since passed on, but he, he wrote a bunch of really great books, uh, did a film called The Shift, which was instrumental in my life. Uh, yeah. But he talks about how, when we are pregnant, when a woman is pregnant and she's having, you know, she's going through the process of developing a human being, we talk about what a miracle it is and how great God is and how amazing this is. You know, even if you're not a believer, it's a, you know, this is just such a miracle and, and everything's so amazing. And then as soon as they're born, we take that child and we go, okay, God, I've got it from here. And then we try to manipulate and, and, and manage all the experiences that human being has yeah. moving forward. And it's kind of mind blowing to me um, because the reality is, is like at 12 or 13, when, when, when most females start their menstrual cycle, that's they're ready to have children. Yeah, like yeah. we think of that culture is like no effing way, but that's what the body is doing is, is yeah. You know, I have a six month old puppy who's getting ready to have her first heat. And, <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, because that's when her body is biologically ready to birth. But we have these ideas that like culturally we've created all these different weird things. Right. So you bring up some really interesting points. About- I mean, I, I'm not saying that like, puberty blockers are a universal thing not every every trans kid uses them um sometimes it's for people sometimes it's for not i mean even as i talk about like my personal transition not every trans person transitions hormonally or surgically or some of them even can't so like hormones i always have to get blood test done i have to go to the doctor every couple months to make sure that all of my my levels my cholesterol my iron all of that is normal because i'm doing self injections so i mean it and it it does take a toll but i mean it's not for everyone so like what i'm doing is not universally what every trans person is going to yeah, do yeah for sure um, for sure so i mean and science like science is amazing <laughs> um 
I just think that their discoveries, I just always get so fascinated. I will, I will deep dive into scientific studies for hours. Um, um, But I just think it's so fascinating the way that they've discovered treatments like that. Like if I had, if I had been born a hundred years ago, I would not be able to experience this, but instead I'm born in a century where this scientific study is discovered. I can put hormones into myself and change it. Like, it's just it, that's just crazy to me. Yeah, well, <laughs> sorry. I mean, it's, a little it's bit of a tangent there. <laughs> it's fascinating that you have the ability to do that, and that you have a community that will support you in that. And I'm I'm I know we're short on time, and I want to I want to do two things. I want to I want to go back to what we were just talking about. I'm yeah. no way am I suggesting 13 year olds should be having kids. <laughs> right like yeah yeah no no i don't think anyone would approve of that the cultural like yes 16 17 20 get married live your life but like when we're talking about these things that are innate within us we tend to ignore the realities of our biological experience and we create all these cultural things that everything culturally acceptable today was completely unacceptable 100 years. You wouldn't even be able to talk about this 100 years ago. You'd have been killed. I'd be in an insane asylum if I yeah. existed 100 years they, ago. <laughs> they'd have strung you up and thought you were a witch. Um, <laughs> like it's just, so it's like the idea that, that 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 we should all you know be doing those things. And in some ways, I feel like we might be going backwards. Um, you know, with, with, with the way some people, I think the pendulum is always swinging. Um, yeah. But I do want to, I do want to ask you like, so what one, do you have insurance that covers it? Cause this is, this has got to be expensive. I mean, you talk about injections, you talk about surgeries, you talk about, you know, and we yeah. don't need to get into like what you've personally done, but like, is this yeah. something that is radically expensive for you? Is this something that you found a way to, it has to influence some of your lifestyle choices, right? Because yeah, it's, it's um, the hormones themselves, the initial, like getting them. Um, thankfully things like good RX do exist. So whenever I get my okay. prescriptions, it does take it down. So I, I think I spend like $50 for an 80, 90 day supply, something like that. So okay. it's, it's not that bad. And then you have to pay for like needles and syringes, but those are cheap like surprisingly cheap. Um, and then when I started my hormone treatment, um, I actually had health insurance at the time. So I was working at a corporate barbershop. Um, so they actually provided me health insurance. So that's what I used to get it first. Now that I work at a barbershop where I'm kind of like self-employed, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, I don't have health insurance anymore, but out of pocket is mm, not, not, any higher than like 200 for an appointment and i only go every four or five months so it's not that bad but the surgeries is usually where it gets like the most expensive because i mean like you're talking you know how much does it cost to get like a facelift (laughs) you know something like that because it's like a cosmetic surgery so it's it's yeah it's like plastic surgery essentially um is, is that something that you hope to do at some point? Is that, is that something you would like to do to fully transition or is that? Yeah. So it's called um, part of it. There's top surgery and there's bottom surgery. I plan on getting top surgery. So I have a consultation in November 
um, with a plastic surgeon to try to get that done, but it's just a couple thousand. <laughs> By yeah. a couple thousand, I mean like over $12,000 would probably would be what it is. But um, thankfully, because of the community, they have a lot of um, like support. So you can set up like a GoFundMe. I probably will do that. And then like try to get donations and stuff like that. Um, still figuring that out. Not quite there yet. I'm not in any hurry, honestly. I'm just like taking it as it comes. So sure. Yeah. yeah. So does that, does that put you in a position where mentally you feel still sort of out of place since you don't have the physical body that you feel like you would, I don't know, prefer or you belong in or. So it's called um, gender dysphoria. That's, that's what it's called. Like when you're, when your brain doesn't quite align with the body that you were born in. Um, So my dysphoria is, it's lessened now that I am out and open. I've been out for, like I said, like six, seven years now. Um, So it's lessened from that because I understand it a little bit more. There are good days and there are bad days. Um, Clothing is a big a big thing it just depends on what I'm wearing um because that's to me that's my gender expression like that's how I express myself to the world so I mean what I wear is is very important to me um like right now I'm in the process of like growing my hair out which is something that I haven't done since I was like fifth sixth grade um Mm -hmm. it was because because it it made me feel emasculated by having longer hair because I was like I don't want anyone to to see me as a girl I don't want them to call me you know female pronouns when a stranger sees me so but I'm like well now I'm at a point in my transition where I nobody misgenders me anymore so I'm allowing myself to do that because I'm like well this is what I wanted to do and I didn't feel comfortable doing it before so now I'm gonna do it um but yeah it's it's there's, there's certain things like little things that I notice that I feel like a lot of cisgendered people don't really notice about themselves. There's just little things like leg hair. Leg hair brings me gender euphoria. It makes me so happy. Like, and, wow. and it's something like that, that people are like, I don't understand that. And it's like, well, you won't un- unless you're trans, <laughs> right. you know, like when you're trans, I feel like you, you kind of notice the, the masterpiece that is yourself. And it's, it's euphoric. It, wow. it brings gender euphoria for sure. <laughs> wow. So there's, it, I mean, that sounds like kind of a good place to wrap up. Just, I mean, there's so many different directions we could talk about so many different things that we could, we could, we yeah. could dive down rabbit holes. Right. But like what you just said to me really resonates with sort of the whole intention of this podcast around being accountable and being vulnerable and the idea of like because what you just kind of described to me comes across as radical self-awareness right like leg hair being something that brings you joy yeah in my mind is like wow that's kind of silly but that's my perspective yeah and I'm not as aware of my own physical because it's just what it is. Right. But when you're in this space of 
kind of the in-between, mm. right? All of that becomes something you're aware of. It's, it's like when I'm, when I'm looking back on, my, on myself, like who I was when I was a little kid, I just, I can't help but want to give my past self like a hug, like be like, we made it, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, and, and that, that's what really reminds me that, that being trans is a real thing. Like I'm not making this up to myself or no one influenced this at all. Like this is actually me because like, I can think about my past self and be like, they would be so happy right now to see where, where I'm at. Like, yeah, yeah. just little I things. <laughs> I dig it. I think that's a universal experience. Like, I think most of us can look back at our younger selves and hopefully be like, did you believe, can you believe we made it this far? (laughs) (laughs) But your experience having to really like, cause most people don't have to fight their way through it. They just, they're just surprised they didn't screw it up. Your experience is more of a having to literally fight your way through. Even if that fight, was internal right for survival for sure (laughs) yeah 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 what an awesome story man i appreciate you so much for being so open and and willing to talk about this and and especially in a time like this where it's you know sort of crazy town out there Um, yeah oh yeah (laughs) and just you know yeah, it's it's really brave and courageous, and it shouldn't have to be. It should just be normal for us to have conversations about things we don't understand and things, maybe even things we don't like. Like, yeah. I mean, there's questions I ask you. I don't know where I land on 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 some of that stuff. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It, what matters yeah. is that that we can have conversations, that we're respectful, and that we can ask questions and and seek understanding. I think the main thing is just acknowledging acknowledging our humanity with each other. Yeah. I mean, you you definitely no one has to agree with me or whatever. No one has to you know openly support me. But if you're trying to take away my dignity, that's a problem. Like yeah. I'm still human. You're still human, and these conversations are very important. Like we just yeah. sit across from each other and have a conversation about well, this is what I feel and this is what you feel, kind of thing. Yeah. That's the best way we can have empathy. hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, I appreciate you so much for doing yeah. this. And uh, hopefully, you know, somewhere down the road, we'll have more stuff to talk about and we can dive, dive a little deeper. And in yeah. the meantime, keep doing what you're doing. Have an awesome week. Thank yeah, you. So thanks. Much. thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely.